Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to another episode of uh, Basketball. I'm Sean Woodley. I'm Kitty Heindel. And today's show is brought to you by Rashid Wallace, who on this day in 2021 is reeling after being passed by CJ McCollum for 10th all-time in Blazers scoring. Katie, should the Blazers have traded CJ McCollum before such an eventuality in order to preserve the integrity of their franchise's history and avoid Rashid being dropped out of the top 10? Wait, should they have not? Should they have traded McCollum to preserve Rashid Wallace as the number 10 scorer of all time oh. on the team? Um, no. Hmm. I don't think I don't <laughs> think Rashid would have wanted that either, you know? I don't think he's for like forcing things to stay to stay the same just so he can hang on to a record this guy is about moving forward and change all right that's a that's a fair enough reading i figured it was important to ask the question it's a pretty significant milestone for our our pal rashid here Um, i mean he'll always have it you know well he'll be 11th now i just mean like he'll always have hit that because i think also this thing the thing with like you know, next gen guys are always going to pat like the game was played a totally different way than it was. Yeah, with Rashid. So I don't know these kind. You you know what records remain to be broken, Sean. <laughs> That's what I'm trying okay, to say. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're meaning to say that uh that that tenth all time records are meant to be broken. Yeah, yes. fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, I guess, understandable. CJ McCollum, you can stay on the Blazers for now, I guess. Um, Katie, it's been a week. We were saying before the podcast, it feels as though it's been much longer than seven days since last we spoke. Uh, I gotta say, I think it's been the most COVID-ass week since March 11th and when everything shut down. Would you agree with that? It has been uh, heavy and it's been nonstop. It's been overlapping the two parts of my life that are the most uh, sort of prevalent things, which are living in Ontario and watching basketball. There's really no escape right now. Are you also feeling the COVID blues? Oh, I'm glad you clarified because I was like, do you mean in terms of like time melting more than usual? Do you mean in terms of like just straight up infections, literally covid um, or like, do you mean depression, but you mean all Just of Just like them. being yeah. steeped in Everything. the talk. Yeah. Steeped um, in the COVID discourse. Yeah, man. It's been, uh, it has been a really long and COVID 
intensely intensified week. Things I think are on the up and up. I've, I have felt a distinctive energy shift um, probably, you know, yesterday. Hopefully this sustains going forward. I can't say, I mean, cases are also probably going to sustain and grow going forward. But, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. the premier of this province that we live in. So I suppose that's not my responsibility <laughs> to concern myself with. I guess it's also not his either, the way that he's acting. Oh, most certainly not. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Old Dougie Fuck anyway. What a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible person. Anyway, let's. Uh, we've got a lot to get to today, mm -hmm. Katie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can uh, talk a, about a trade. provincial politics as much as we want to. <laughs> no, sadly not. Uh, I, you know, I was even going to like occupy some of this intro with uh, tales of my cross country ski day yesterday, but even then, it feels like. There's too much pressing NBA stuff to get to to even uh, delve into that. My legs hurt. That's about it. Um, uh, the entire league got traded on my way back from uh, where I was skiing. Yeah, I remember that, I texted I you. you with that. Yeah. Where are you, you yeah, freak? It was, I was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like four texts from you as I was in the car, uh, <laughs> interspliced with a dozen notifications on my phone uh, that, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was hard to keep the eyes on the road, let's put it that way, because of, you know, I like to be a responsive text person. I don't like to leave people hanging, especially you, Katie, a person I actually like. But yeah, it's, uh, you got to be safe. Never there, respond there to me while you're driving. Yesterday. Never. Don't text okay, and drive. I promise I will not. Nobody. You know what? Consider that the official stance of the podcast, mm -hmm. texting and driving. Not cool. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> things that are cool that you can do, though, you can go to patreon.com slash basketball right now with two H's and subscribe to uh, be part of our community over there. Just four bucks a month gets you in. And because we've hit 30 patrons, you're going to get mailbag episodes this month. We're going to do a mailbag, I think, probably in the next couple weeks here. we got to schedule that bad boy. But that is coming very soon. And if you want to be part of that, please go over and sign up at our patreon it is very much appreciated when you take the time to do that we love your support we love the people the people who listen to the podcast on patreon already are among our best friends in the world you should join that very exclusive club and you can do that again for just four bucks at patreon.com slash uh basketball two h's and we'll give you a shout out when you sign up too uh all right katie as was mentioned, uh, a little trade went down yesterday. We'll talk about that minor uh, sort of under-the-radar move and uh, how it affects the league because, boy, it, it was a lot to take in. I don't I don't even know what team Torian Prince is on right now. I, I think he's on the Cavs, but I, I could not. The Cavaliers! Really okay, perfect. Yeah, you are writing about the Cavs right now, so that's good to know. Um, <laughs> at least you have a, a read on who the hell's on that team. We're going to dive into the Nets, the Pacers, the Rockets, the Kyrie of it all as he is currently MIA and maybe at parties without masks, I don't know, all colored by COVID running out of control in the NBA. They have introduced new protocols that seem kind of half-assed. We're going to talk about those. And then, Katie, to close things out in the segment we're trying out this week, we're going to talk about worms, baby. That's all you're getting as a teaser for that. So we'll get to that later on. Uh, but let's get to the Kyrie stuff and the Harden stuff and all the big things that are floating around the NBA right now in our headline segment coming up. With 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Katie. Let's get into our headlines. Of course, the one and only headline today is James Harden is now a Brooklyn Net traded to the Nets in exchange for all of the Nets picks until 2027, either as full-on unprotected picks or as unprotected trade uh, or pick swaps. You've got Victor Oladipo being routed to the Rockets as Karis LeVert goes to the Pacers. Interesting little move there. Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince somehow end up on the Cavs, even though all of the teams involved could certainly use at least Jarrett Allen, and uh, the Cavs get uh, a really good coup there. It's a lot, Katie. It changes many things, and it was a lot to take in yesterday. Uh, Where were you when you found out about the trade? What was your first reaction, and how are you feeling about it? Oh, about 18 hours later. Um, I was writing about Stephen Adams's worm farm, and I was really frustrated because (laughs) I had just finished it and drafted it. And I dropped it in the dime slack and I was like, here it is, guys, like go, like go to town, publish it. And then the Harden, I was seeing like the, <laughs> they've got the automatic alert set up. So any like Shams or Woj tweets drop in to the slack and those just like, brrr, like piled in and everyone jumped on them. Cause it's like all hands on deck with those guys. They're very, they're like consummate pros when it comes to like breaking news. They get it done very quickly, but I was just kind of sitting mm-hmm. there. Being like, what about worms? <laughs> when's, when's worms? <laughs> when's worms getting published? And kind of just like <laughs> laughing at myself, being like, I don't really mean this. I get it, guys. But then I was also like, but seriously, like, when do you think worms is? When do you think worms is going to come out? Um, to their credit, worms did come out maybe an hour <laughs> later. But that's where I was. Um, and I was, uh, yeah. I guess I was kind of surprised because I think I, like, I can't contradict myself. I think I said on this podcast, certainly on other ones that I thought the window had pretty much all but shut on this. Um, and I guess like kudos to James Harden for just like either <laughs> having the star power is probably more like it to be able to have like, you know, to hire the Wasserman team. Now that I know, I know that because now apparently agents get reported uh, on like trades. But the Wasserman team, I was—they're the real celebrities of the league, well, of course. They're really good at ejecting rockets, is what essentially it comes down to. Because they got Westbrook out, <laughs> uh, and now they got Harden out. <laughs> so they, yeah, like anyway, I'm—I was surprised because I thought there was no chance this was happening anymore. I thought the runway had run out, the window had shut, whatever other analogy you want to use. But I uh, know Harden uh, bullied his way out. He did it. 
Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I thought the asking price was very high, and I didn't know if the Nets had the stuff to get it done. I didn't know if the Sixers would be compelled to do it because they had Simmons and things looked pretty good for a while until their team got affl- afflicted by COVID and they started losing some games. And yeah, I mean, like literally yesterday, I was on my morning radio show and we were doing a poll question and it was who gets traded out of Houston first, James Harden or uh, Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. And like most of the answers were Deshaun Watson, even though like football trades won't happen for two more months. We were just kind of like, yeah, it might not really happen here. This just doesn't seem like there's the urgency from anybody. And then, of course, Harden goes on the air uh, after a game and says, this shit's broken. I've done everything I can. Nothing more can be done. It just get me out of here, essentially. And I guess the Rockets were glad to oblige. And they uh, had reached the end of their rope in the let's get uncomfortable season. Um, So, yeah, good on... The Rockets, I guess, good on those agents for ejecting those Rockets, like you said. Uh, you know, you sign them up to work at Cape Canaveral or something, I guess. Uh, that was terrible. Holy God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the uh, let's get to the Nets side of things first. We can talk about the other teams in a bit, but the Nets, they get hardened. Uh, we're going to talk about Kyrie extensively in the next segment, but of course, uh, you know, maybe part of the urgency for the Nets to get this done was the fact that they don't know where the hell Kyrie is and we don't know when he's going to be back. Uh, so now they're basically Harden, Durant, Kyrie, if he's there, DeAndre Jordan, who got benched the game before things got, uh, the trade went down and Jared Allen had clearly usurped him as the starter. And, uh, they have like Joe Harris, Jeff Green's there, Landry Shamit is there, despite kind of looking like a broken player. Um, I'm, ru- I'm running thin on guys they have still. <laughs> They're all gone. <laughs> Even Spencer Dinwiddie's hurt. So... I don't know, Katie, was it worth it for the Nets? Do you like the trade for the Nets? Do you think they're better? Do you think they're worse? Do you think they're cool? How do you feel about how the Nets come out and all this? See, really early on, I was like, oh, this is kind of like, this really reminds me of the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. Like, I just was like, okay, they're just repeating that. They've got like an ex-player coach. Um, They're just going to try and stick with that model. Granted, these guys are also not, I don't know how old Paul Pierce and KG were at that time. They were significantly older. Pierce was like 36 and KG was like 39. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They were significantly (laughs) older than um, the trifecta that the Nets currently have. Um, So I I think it is different the more I I think about it. Um, I also want to say, also, I I was very furious at first for Jared Allen uh, and Karis LeVert to a degree too, because I was like, you know what? Like, these are your future kind of core slash development guys. Um, Jared Allen plays more. I think like DeAndre Jordan, just because of seniority, will sometimes was getting put in over Jared Allen. Obviously that changed. Jared Allen plays, he's like much more versatile, super athletic. He doesn't foul. He's such a smart defender. We all know how much I love Jared Allen. So I was just a bit like, this sucks. He is like... You know, he's not like a head case like the stars that they did get. He can just put his head down and work. I was kind of surprised they would give that up. Karis LeVert, too. He's like, they're flashy. He could be their, like, flashy new star. But they don't want that. That's not kind of what they're going with. So, and then I was like, okay, and you also gave up all your picks to what, like, 2028 or something? So, 
Yeah, What's, 2027. Yeah. It means they've traded all of their first round picks between 2014 and 2027. Mm-hmm. So and the one pick they used was Jared <laughs> Allen, who they also traded. Yeah. So, so then I'm kind of like, okay, clearly this is a franchise that doesn't really give a shit about development. Um, and mm-hmm. I think like once I got my head around that, it made sense that they traded it all away. And I have to credit Iman, like raised a good point my dishes and dimes co-host um that she said you know if they pull this off if they get like they'll probably come out of the east i don't know that they'll win the final but if they do or like are very successful this year they become a free agent destination they've kind of effectively made themselves that so i think they're kind of counting on the draw that this trade gives them versus like Okay, we we need to draft well and develop like you know a, a team that is kind of a middling team or a team that is rebuilding, and those are the only options they have. I think they're still hoping to be this like bright lights franchise, um, kind of to go head head to head against the Lakers in a different way. Um, we'll see if it works. What also is interesting to me <laughs> is that um, Kyrie's become like the third option now. You know, you've got, it's like KD and Harden. And then Kyrie will kind of fit where he has to fit, which I don't think works very well on what he wanted. We'll talk about that later. But, um, and also I think it's really funny that I read that James Harden has to pay $13 million more in taxes now (laughs) Um, because of the move. But I guess it, it it is what he wanted. So, you know, like you he's he's paying for it in a different way. So I, I don't know. I think it will work because like Kevin Durant, as much as like people trash talk him for his like trash talking online, when it comes to basketball, like he's not gonna you're not gonna have any problems with him. He he's just can he's so good that he can just play basketball wherever he is, you know, whatever's going on around him, that's no problem. Harden they kind of just want – if they just want him to shoot, that's fine. I was also a little bit like, what are you going to do? This guy hasn't played defense in like seven seasons. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he has been asked not to. So whether they want him to contribute more like at that end remains to be seen. But they also don't really need that. However, defensively, the Nets shot themselves on the foot by getting rid of Jared Allen and all you have is the Andre Jordan. So they're still – it's not perfect – but it is exciting. Yeah, I mean, this very much completes their like full heel, heel turn from cute, plucky underdog, mm-hmm. got, grab guys off the scrap heap and develop them into real players' identity and into like full-on star fuckers who just are here for the drama. <laughs> and hey, it, it's probably going to work out for them pretty well. The offense is going to be freaking insane. Like, I, I just don't know how you guard them. Joe Harris is about to get the most open looks any player has ever had in the history of the NBA. So congrats to him. He might be the biggest winner in all of this. He's going to shoot like 58% from three, which is cool. The Kyrie thing's funny because I can't remember who did the tweet, but I saw a tweet this morning. It was like Kyrie left uh, Cleveland because he wanted to be Batman and not Robin. And now he's Alfred, which is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm very curious to see how he responds to that. Um, But yeah, I think like the concerns about like the fit are probably a little overblown Mm -hmm. because they're all insanely talented. They're all going to take time off and rest. They're going to be basically impervious to one guy missing a game here and there. And their offense is going to be unstoppable. They're, they're going to score 150 points a game pretty easily. 
It's just that, yeah, their defense, when it comes down to like playing teams that are equally unstoppable, it might be the difference between a title and not against like the Lakers, for example. Who, yeah. Like LeBron what do you and AD, do? No, yeah, exactly. like they're, they're equally incredible and unguardable, except they also can play a lick of defense, which I'm not sure the Nets are going to have really in their bag. Um, you know, and like you said, they might become a destination. Like they're not going to get any more big free agents because they don't have the money to do so because that's just how the CBA works. But in terms of like ring chasing dudes who mm-hmm. want to latch onto a team at the end of the bench, they'll certainly be able to grab those guys for sure. And also keep their own players. If they find anyone who's really worth keeping around long-term, if they want to give like TLC uh, a contract to stick around as a depth guy, they can afford that and go over the tax. No problem at all. But yeah, it's just, it's kind of like a, <clears throat> it's, it almost seems unnecessary to me, this trade, because I thought they were really good anyway. Like, I thought they were going to make the finals and lose to the Lakers regardless, and I still think they're going to make the finals and lose to the Lakers. Like, it's the exact same outcome. I think the reshuffling, like, you could have made the argument for both styles of team, and I guess the Kyrie thing through the previous edition of the team into a bit of question marks because yeah if he's not there if he's just gonna like be in the wind all season then maybe that takes away their final ceiling but for the most part I think it's kind of the same outcome and they've uh, traded all of their picks in order to achieve a a, a better more star dazzly outcome which or the similar similar but more star dazzly outcome I should say it's it's weird. It's a, I mean, I think you do the trade if you're the Nets because it's James Harden, but it's going to be strange. It's going to be dramatic. There will be some sort of uh, tension, I'm sure, as Kyrie Irving is the third banana now, and, and he's probably got designs of himself being better than both of these guys, even though that's very clearly not true. And I am very excited to see how that tension manifests itself both on and off the court. And boy, Steve Nash... Good luck, man. <laughs> this uh, this seems like a, a, not exactly a job that a first-year coach is cut out for. Yeah, I mean, like, to me, it almost is like they looked at what's going on potentially with Kyrie and were like, you know what? We don't really want to mess around this season. We kind of need some insurance. Like, is Harden insurance for Kyrie Irving? Maybe. Um, and I think it's also perhaps to, like, ease Nash's introduction into the world of NBA coaching. But again, I guess like from what I've seen so far, I'm not clear that he's really the one kind of, he's holding the reins, but like, he's not, you know, no, I'm not, I was going to do like a horse analogy, but I won't. Um, He's like holding the reins of the team, but he's not the one (laughs) sort of like working, working with these guys. Right. I do think like, you know, now Mm. Harden like rejoins D'Antoni, which is very funny to me. But I think you've got like a really capable group of assistant coaches um, that have probably been tasked to make this whole behemoth work. Uh, And that's what they're going to do to the best of their ability. But I don't know if it's true because I also don't understand if like, you know, now when you just like see reports, quote reports on Twitter from sources or like, I've never heard of this basketball site, but that like it, it was reported by one of them that like, Kyrie apparently never really wanted Steve Nash and he felt like he wasn't <laughs> consulted with the, the the decision, which is interesting because it also is so telling again to like what Kyrie assumed would be his input um, and importance to the franchise, which is sort of backfiring now. 
Um, when I also thought that he was like all on board with Nash because he was like, we don't even need a coach. But maybe secretly that's what he meant when he said we don't need a coach is that he was like, I don't like this coach we picked. So I'm just going to choose to believe that I'm the head coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, coaches are a construct. Uh, <laughs> there are no coaches in in real life. Everyone is their own coach. The Ky- we'll, we'll get to the Kyrie stuff after we finish up with trade stuff. But man, yes. I don't even know what the hell to make of anything. Um, let's pivot to the other three teams involved in the trade, Katie. The yes. Rockets, the Pacers, the Cavs. Uh, which of these teams comes out the best? Which comes out the second best? Which comes out the least best? Are they all the same best uh, or worst? How do you feel about the other teams that got caught up in this mess? Um, I think the Cavs like committed like an old-timey train robbery very well. Um, you know, I don't think like someone like Jared Allen isn't a free agent. They ever would have been able to attract. He's someone that essentially kind of culminates what they've been trying to build there. Do you know what I mean? Like Kobe Altman became the GM of that team. I think it wasn't, he was assistant GM for like the championship. And then he was there for one year as GM before LeBron left. So he sort of saw it rise and then they didn't really burn they just sort of like sputtered sputtered away right and I think like understanding the draw that that team has they're not like a big destination they're not really they're not not so bad this season but I think that's been due to just like no they're they're kind of spunky and fun yeah exactly because they've like you know he they have grown around the promise of young players like you know Colin Sexton Isaac Okoro, Darius Garland, like these guys. And then in, I think it, this also to me solidifies um, Andre Drummond, which who was kind of like a weird anomaly for that team. Do you know what I mean? Like he was, they were sort of in no man's land with him, but now with Allen as the backup coming off the bench, he's a pretty good fit with all these young guys, he's like their same age. He fits their sort of timeline. He fits the DNA of the team. Um, so it is kind of for them, I think a franchise changing deal because whether they keep Allen or and Drummond, both of them, whether they try and flip one of them, you know, uh, in free agency, because Allen is also approaching like probably the peak. I don't want to say this, but he's just like, he's, he's gotten better three years, like progressively And like ostensibly the next three to five years of his career will be his best because he's just like, he's a steady improver. You know, he's not like a big, he's not like a a flaring comet. He's just like, he just works and gets better and better and better. And like, that's what he understands his job to be. So I think the Cavs, it's not that they look a lot different. Like this didn't like change the DNA of a team. Like they're not like a flashier team. They're still almost like the most blue collar (laughs) team in the NBA. But this just like cements that for them. Uh, I think the Rockets got worse, but I was all like, they were also being pretty bad to begin with. So maybe the ejecting Harden, I don't know, steadies things for them potentially. Um, it makes things less miserable, that's for sure. Yeah, I guess it makes things less miserable in the locker room and, and just like with the team, with the team dynamic for sure. Um, I don't know if like competitively it's made them better or worse. Um, and the, I mean, I, I guess I'm curious to see what, how Oladipo plays consistently. And then I think the Pacers, the Pacers sort of came away the most like shorthanded 
for this deal, but then I guess they didn't have that much in it to begin with. So they weren't going to get a ton out of it, but I do. I mean, I like Karis LeVert a lot, but I don't know that like swapping him in for Oladipo changes that much for them. I think they're like, they're starting to try and build something up now. Yeah. I mean, the Pacers, I think this is a move with the knowledge that Oladipo was walking at season's end. anyway, yeah. And so they wanted to get something out of it. And, you know, I, I don't think I don't, I'm not a huge Levert fan myself. I think he's fine. I think he's, you know, destined to be, the best player on like a 31 win team which is a totally noble career to have which is like that or you the can be pacers very good bit part, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah i i think it was a smart move for the pacers to just like get a guy who's not walking at the end of the season and just kind of kick it down the hill a little bit and, mm-hmm. and cut and figure it out you know as you go with the knowledge that you have that guy on your team um i do think the fun part of this trade is that it very much kind of opens up what the rest of the trade season could be because I think like Andre Drummond feels extremely likely to get dealt. He's like, he's a pending free agent. They brought in Jared Allen. They clearly want to keep Allen. I would think and pay him an extension beyond this year. Once his, once his contract's up and Drummond feels like he's been good enough this year that he can probably pull something in for them if they move on. And a lot of teams are probably going to want him. Like, I don't know. The Toronto Raptors could certainly use a center who is uh, taller than six foot eight and can catch a pass. Drummond checks those boxes. Um, you know, the, the, there's a few teams out there that could certainly use a guy like that. And then I think Oladipo, too, becomes a really interesting deadline guy because, you know, maybe the Rockets think they can convince him to stick around. I don't know about that. I don't know how many stars are actually looking to, you know, be on board with Tillman Fertitta into the mid 2020s. Um, and so I, I think they probably kind of give him the keys for the next couple months here, wait to the deadline and then flip him somewhere else. <clears throat> Again, the Raptors. Uh, <laughs> it's not just bias. I think this actually makes sense. But either way, I think that makes like the whole trade speculation machine pretty fun for the next little while as a result of this trade, which is cool, I guess, if you like that kind of thing. I've become a full on deranged trade freak this season because. The Raptors' poor start has uh, soured my brain, and that's cool. Whatever, I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a it's a wild ass trade. I, I think the Nets are going to win the East, even if they're a little bit flawed and weird, and probably going to lose to the Lakers. I think they're going to win the East. I think that's basically the thing you take away. Um, Giannis has signed himself up to a team that's going to be second fiddle in the conference, probably. So good for him, I guess. Uh, any other lingering thoughts on what went down yesterday before we move on to talk about Kyrie? Um, no, not really. When's the first time James Harden is going to play? That's the thing. Do they have to quarantine when going to a new team, or does the NBA not care about that at all? I'd probably, yeah, I mean, I'd probably assume the latter, because they're like, we want ratings, get him here, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They would probably fly him on, like, private jet in, like, a little bubble, in, like, a little bubble boy mm-hmm. bubble, um, <laughs> just to have him. Just to have him play the next game. We'll see. Plus, he's probably had COVID so many times now. Oh, yeah. He's fully, (laughs) full on. He's just a walking antibody. Yeah. So (laughs) he's fine. Uh, Yeah, the Nets play Saturday against the the Magic. So maybe that'll be when we see him next. What a weird debut. But okay. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Just like kind of six o'clock start on a Saturday against the Magic. It's not exactly like, uh, let's put it on TNT and roll with it. He's going to get 80 points. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, the poor magic. We will leave that there for now, Katie, and uh, turn our attention to another net, Kyrie Irving and the COVID protocols that have been, quote unquote, revamped around the NBA in an attempt to stop this uh, really quickly snowballing hell season from getting completely off the tracks. We'll get to that. We'll get to George Hill's response to the protocols. All of that coming up in just one second. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Katie, let's talk about Kyrie. Uh- <laughs> It seems like he's been the only person we've talked about for months, and it kind of oscillates back and forth, whether we're uh, questioning Kyrie's motives and intentions or uh, supporting Kyrie's uh, motives and intentions, supporting his saging of arenas, uh, and maybe we're back into the questioning thing with him now. He is not currently with the Nets. He has been gone for a couple weeks now, a week, I guess, has been. Uh, Steve Nash has said multiple times he has no idea where he is. He hasn't talked to him at all. Seems like a healthy relationship. Probably lends some credence to that whole report from, I think it was Tommy uh, Tommy D was the one you, you, you cited. Um, boy, <laughs> there was a, a video that uh, Worldwide Wob d- dove into deep to try to pinpoint the location of Kyrie. Seems like he may probably have been at a party for his sister over the weekend. Uh, no masks, lots of people, you know, the good stuff. Well, the latest episode of the Days of Our Irvings, Katie, how have you enjoyed it? Have you found it to be compelling? Uh, What do you think comes next in the series? It seems to be an everyday thing where new developments arise. And uh, really, I I don't know what to think about Kyrie Irving day to day. It's a constant uh, enigma. And uh, it's it's part of the fun of following him. But also, I'm tired. (laughs) I guess I didn't understand... um because I saw this around the James Harden stuff yesterday, the like reports being like, or the net, like the Nets knew or have some knowledge that Kyrie remains away, quote, away in a really vague explanation from the team. And I was like, is that because he has COVID? Um, is that because he has chosen to like keep himself away from the team, to like distance himself from them? I don't know. And I don't know that you can really know with Kyrie because it's just like what's reported about it. So I'm still confused mm-hmm. by that. Um, I guess I think because the team released a statement and it was like, we saw the video. We talked to him. We're looking forward to hearing his response. <laughs> Something like that. So then it's like, are they just like, 
all right, dude, you can operate over here, whatever kind of stuff you want to say and do. And like, we're going to be over here when you're ready to kind of rejoin us and be on your basketball team again. Maybe Mm -hmm. they've kind of resigned themselves to be like, and why wouldn't you, I guess now you're like, all right, we have KD and Harden. We're not going to tank in the rankings or anything. We'll still play competent basketball and you can come back. It'll be nice to have you. (laughs) Like you'll be a nice addition whenever you want to come. (laughs) Um, I don't know the birthday, the birthday party thing. I was like, Oh, that's nice. It's his sister's birthday, but it wasn't like just in a house. It was like in a rented, it was like a club, but in the daytime, it seemed like, you know what I mean? Cause it wasn't like a club and it wasn't like, like packed and it, there were, it wasn't like the kind of club ambiance, but it was definitely in an outside location. And there were what, like 40 ish people there, I would say. Um, so not yeah, more ideal. Than the NBA is allowing. Yeah. 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 So not ideal. Um, yeah. Everybody maskless. And again, I guess I'm just like, yeah, we could be like, I think you're like to, you're like, yes, this is dumb of you, Kyrie, because you understand, um, the league's purported like response and approach to COVID, which is to be careful and not go to stuff like this. But then on the other hand, you're also like, dude, depending where you live, in the States and where your family lives, people have either just straight up forgotten about COVID or are just in a position where they're like, you know what? Like nothing's really happening. My government is not responding to this. I'm just going by what I see around me. You know what I mean? So I'm not trying to like shift blame. It's just like, it's we're in a time right now where like you can't really blame anybody. Um, You can just kind of hold yourself to what you agree is like, a good standard of behavior, which I will say Kyrie obviously did not do. Yeah, I, I think, look, there's a lot of blame to go around when it comes to governments and COVID. We don't need to, again, mm-hmm. litigate the first segment of the show. But I also don't think that, like, takes away personal responsibility and, like, making sound decisions on your own, independent of what the government says, because it's very clear the virus is bad. And there's, like, 300,000 new cases every day in the States. You might want to do what you can to avoid it. But the thing that gets me about Kyrie with the mask thing is, like, he's, like, a member of the, like, the leadership of the union. Yeah. The union that is, like, collectively bargained to have this season go on with the COVID protocols in place to try to protect players and ensure they can play and get their checks. Like this isn't just the NBA and owners trying to make their money. Like I bet if you pull, if you pulled a large, if you like a whole, the whole pool of NBA players, most of them would say, yeah, I want to play and we'll make it work. And to like actively go against the things that are working to make it work feels a little bit, uh, you know, misguided from someone who's part of the leadership of the union. And yeah, it, it just, it kind of, fits right in with the constant sort of up and down of Kyrie, where most of the time I think what he has to say and the things he does are quite good and well, well-intentioned, but the PR of it all and his just lack of talking about it or like addressing anything is, uh, is never does it does him any favors. Like if he, cause I think the initial impression last week was he's not playing. It was right after the insurrection at the, the Capitol building and the very clear differential treatment of insane terrorist white protesters and uh, people who were involved in Black Lives Matter protests over the summer. And if that's what his personal reasons and his stance was to not play, I totally get that and totally understand. And it fits in line with where Kyrie has stood on this stuff, you know, over the last six months or so. But if he's 
not actually sitting out because of that, and he's sitting out because he's going to parties with his family. Maybe it's a combination of both, but still, it just it does no good for once again the guy who most in the league needs someone to just write copy for him and be his PR because he's so bad at it. And so it just kind of leaves you guessing. It leaves you like pulling the low hanging fruit, which is he was at this party. That's bad and irresponsible. And maybe that's some tool ass behavior that should not be forgiven where a lot of the things he does do are very understandable and easily forgivable. So I don't know. It's it's not easy, but it's certainly uh, my question to you, Katie over under nine and a half unread Sean Marks DMs sitting in Kyrie Irving's phone right now. (laughs) (laughs) Over. (laughs) Hey, Kyrie, you you up? Hey, Kyrie, where you at, man? Hey, Kyrie, we got James Harden. Do you have thoughts on that? Kyrie, we really miss you, man. Hey, Kyrie, can, can you give me a call when you get this? Hey, Kyrie, just circling back on this in case it got missed in the shuffle over the weekend. Uh, just <laughs> then one really stern I, I, uh, one, and then one like apologizing mm-hmm. for that, and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I look forward to the social producer, Jess, coming up with an entire uh, <laughs> message thread and posting it because Jess is a genius. Anyway. I mean, um, the one thing I will say about it is, is like Dylan said this the other day, but it kind of fits in line with like, you know, the simplest explanation perhaps being the truest one in this case, but it's like, does he really like, and like, I don't mean this in a, in a bet, like he's, he's washed. He's not talented. I don't mean this like this, but like, do you think he even wants to play basketball anymore? Like maybe he's just not interested (laughs) in doing that um, at this point in his life, because I don't know, like there's something to be said for like the buy, the mental buy-in, of players who, mm-hmm. you know, like Kyrie and like kind of like James Harden, uh, a bit like Oladipo, who have at one point, Russell Westbrook has done this too, opted out mentally and then maybe have been able to opt back in. But some of them just never do. And then you also have like pure psychos like LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh my God, Giannis. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I forgot to take a breath. Um, anyway, who? <laughs> who? Yeah, it could have gone forever. I would have exploded. <laughs> but who never opt out, you know, because like that's their MO. Mm. It's not to say one is like better than the other. They're just like different types of people. But maybe Kyrie's opting out in what? Like after the Cavs? Maybe he just like never opted in as strongly again. And this is just like a gradual tapering of interest, but now in a very obvious way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I know there's like uh, there's some insane hot takes out there. Like Stephen A. Smith literally said yesterday, I think Kyrie Irving should retire, which, you know, <laughs> it's a little strong, a little uh, taking I mean, away a dude's agency. But I just said the I, same I, thing. I, I wonder... <laughs> Yeah, I know you. I don't think you said he should retire. <laughs> oh, no, I think it was an open question as to whether or not he will. And I, all, I honestly think if you're like dividing up the percentage chances of certain things happening, the possibility that Kyrie might just never come back to the Nets and actually retire from basketball is on the board. You can bet on it in Vegas, I would say, if you could bet on such things uh, as to like what the future of him is. Like, you know, it might just be that. He might just be done with it, which fair enough to him, man. No one's telling you got to play basketball, but 
I like whatever it's two percent, five percent. It's on the board and available for you to put your money down on that he just is done and never plays basketball again. And maybe that's why they went and got hard. And maybe they know something we don't in Brooklyn. I don't know, but boy, it's a uh, it's a weird one. But Katie, we should probably pivot there with the Kyrie no mask party COVID talk and use that as a segue into. The NBA's new and improved, quote unquote, NBA COVID protocols. Um, of course, it wasn't working so hot. They've canceled a lot of games. Three games last night got postponed. Uh, the Wizards have like three positive tests right now. The Mavericks, I think, have four. I think the total number since January 6th, if I'm not mistaken, is 17 positive tests as reported yesterday by Shams. Might be 16 either way. If you throw in an extra one for the Wizards today, then you got 17. Um, not working so hot the the season is very much on the brink. You've got Tyrese Maxey having to play 45 minutes and score 39 points in a game for the Sixers because they had eight players. You've got the Miami Heat posting a tweet after missing a game, and the tweet said, we have enough. <laughs> and that was to promote their game that night, which is intensely morbid and sad. Uh, and I the t-shirts are going to be just uh, the worst-selling t-shirts ever, uh, ever created. But... It's in, it's not in a good place, Katie. And so the NBA uh, got together. The brightest minds in front offices got on the horn and figured out some new protocols. The protocols include basically living bubble life without being in a bubble. You can only be at home or the arena. You can only be in your hotel room or the arena when you're on the road. And when you're at the game, you got to limit as much contact as possible. No fist bumps, no high fives at the line. Uh, and then they have this new thing called the cool down zone or the chill zone, whatever we're calling it. Is it sponsored by Coca-Cola? Is it at Wonderland? I don't know. Um, that's a very specific uh, <laughs> Vaughn Ontario ass reference. But the it's like an area where players can go to sit without their masks before returning to the actual bench after they've cooled down to put their masks on uh you know i would assume they're cracking down on coaches taking their masks off their face to talk and scream at referees i would hope so that seems kind of kind of productive when you know nick nurse is pulling his mask down every three seconds to scream about a call that he doesn't like um you know that these feel like half measures they also feel like about all they could do short of stopping the season i guess uh, Katie, how you feeling? Do you think these are going to work? Do you think the NBA has saved the season by outlawing fist bumps? No, I mean, they are half measures because like the bottom line is the NBA has the data and like these guys are all getting tested so regularly that they understand where in, like infections are originating from. Like they theoretically, cause also they have these like contact tracing bracelets. Like they're, they should have all this data if they actually put um, all their like earlier health and safety protocols in place at the beginning of the season um, to be able to track and trace. So it is purely optics to be like, oh, a coach yelling at players is, is causing COVID because they would know if that coach actually had COVID because they're getting tested all the time. I understand you could have like false negatives, whatever, but I think with the extent of testing again that they have, they would they would catch it at some point. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't think it's like because of coaches. I don't think it's because like also what players are breathing all over each other for the whole full game. What is there? Yeah, why it's is kind there of a, a point? Contact, contact heavy sport. Yeah, like <laughs> what is the point of them going off to another room to like catch their breath and then put their mascot on the bench? Like they've also probably been in locker rooms with the bench guys. If your argument is like, oh, well, the bench guys haven't been in the game. 
they've been in proximate proximity enough to those dudes to that if, if anyone was, had the virus, it, they would all have it by then. You know what I mean? So I think like <laughs> it is optics. They had to respond in some way. They're never going to honestly short, just like a tragedy, which I hate even talking about because I hate that it has like reduced us to talking extremes like this. Um, it makes me feel really callous and it makes me feel really gross. But aside from a tragedy happening to a player, you could also say like that's already happened. Like Carl Anthony Towns lost what, like seven members of his family to COVID. Like it's it's affected people in the league extremely personally and extremely closely. But unless there's like something more visible with a player, the league's not going to shut down play because like they've made no. it clear that like the product, which is basketball has to continue. And I think that's why they've not, they have their quote health and safety protocols. We don't really know what they are beyond what they release. And I think they've kept it necessarily vague because when you have vague parameters, you can never say, you can never call someone on something. Do you know what I mean? Like they can never say, yeah, Oh, we yeah. are, we're, we're not acting within our, the, the set parameters and rules that we set up for ourselves because maybe there aren't any. And I think they probably did keep it either purposely vague or purposely veiled. So they wouldn't be accountable really. I mean, is it, at the end of the day, like what sucks and I wrote about this earlier, like this week, but like what sucks is like the NBA started as kind of like a bastion of, you know, responsibility, uh, accountability. Their response to COVID was extremely quick. You know, they, they launched like a whole other arm of their business to respond to COVID, to help hard hit communities. I didn't think that was just optics. I don't think it was just optics at that time, but they've almost done like a total 180 and have just been like, eh, fuck it. Like we're going to just try and operate like every other league because we lost so much money last season that we're going to bulldoze ahead no matter what. And like you, they've essentially just like contradicted themselves and sort of look just like bumbling idiots at this point. Yeah. And look, I, you know, I also kind of understand the side of the argument that says like for why they would continue to power through. First of all, like it's worth noting Yes, there have been positive tests. There have been much less, fewer positive tests under the rules that they've imply, implemented than there were like when guys arrived to camp. Like I think it's like a quarter of the number mm-hmm. of tests that came back positive. So like I guess you know in theory there's like more safety when you have all these rules you're operating under. Still, you know it took one test to shut down the league ten months ago, and now sixteen tests is just a Wednesday. Um, I think. You know, the other arguments for why you keep going through are, are you know, the, a lot of the games that you're missing and the players that are missing, they're not necessarily due to positive tests outside of cases in a couple teams because it's a lot of contact tracing. So that suggests that they're doing their due diligence, I suppose. That said, like they need to do their due diligence because the way that they've kind of set this up means that there's lots of cracks and fissures that uh, can allow the virus to sneak in. And if you're not doing your due diligence, you're going to have the entire league infected pretty soon, you would imagine. So maybe they don't get credit for doing the bare minimum there. I also, you know, the players are involved in this. They collectively bargained it. And like I said at the top, I think if you polled the league, most players would say, yeah, it sucks, but we'd just like to keep on playing through and it will make it work. And hopefully we can get on the other side and reestablish normalcy for the 2021-22 season. And, you know, if the players were 
so strongly against this, you know, the leadership of the union probably would have negotiated, you know, string, more stringent protocols or whatever it would be and would have had more resistance to starting the season. I know they lost on some things like starting as early as they did and all that, but it seems like they wanted to play and they're willing to make it happen. And so it's not like it's the owners saying, all right, players, you're going to play now and you're going to suck it up and you're going to do what we say. Like the players are in on us too. So there's that side of it. And also, I guess, with everything else going on, like you said, with the governments of the world or the Western Hemisphere saying, fuck it, just let the virus destroy everything. If you aren't kind of powering through, you're going to kind of get left behind. And I can understand why the NBA looking around at the NHL starting up and the NFL finishing their playoffs and college football going all the way through their championship game. The NBA sitting there like, well, I mean, all these leagues are happening and we're being responsible, but we're not playing and this is hurting us and it's going to hurt us in the long term. I kind of get why they want to go through it too. All of that said, it seems very irresponsible and immoral and it's gross and I feel icky about it. Um, You know, I'll continue watching the games because it's nice to have a distraction from everything else going on in the world, but I'm going to feel some kind of way about it because it is not just the players who are involved who are affected it's the staff who are working these games it's it's all of it and so it's i don't think it's as cut and dry as we want it to be is what i'm saying well it isn't because the rules exist in the vacuum of where they're being made up so like yeah in the states but like i don't know you could you could actually be a league that handles it differently again this is just like status quo shit like if they look around and they're like oh well you know the nhl and the nfl can do it it's like, yes, yeah, so what? It doesn't mean they should be. Like, go make a bubble. Like, I hate to give him credit, but, like, Aaron Gordon was like, I would do a bubble again if it was in Hawaii. <laughs> or, like, if we could bring partners or, like, spouses. Like, obviously, that's going to cost more money, and I know players have said they're averse to it, but there's got to be ways around it. They could have, like, done something like that. I think it's too late now, honestly, Unless things get super out of hand, they may have to do another, like they maybe they bubble up for like the playoffs or something like that. Or like after what would be the all-star break, there's not going to be an all-star game this year. But um, I don't know. There are other ways around it. And I think status quo shit is just like, you're not being a leader. You're just being like greedy and are like, well, we got to make our money, which like I'm not naive enough to think that as a corporation, that's no, that is why the NBA is doing this. But I think as a leader, they've sort of, um, they're coming up pretty thin in that regard. Yeah, totally. It's not great. And another thing I wanted to note here too, before we move on, um, you know, I think it's worth kind of remembering that the players themselves, while we want to, and I made this point during the bubble too, but like, while we want to envision them as being like closer to normal people than they are to the owner class, it's not the case. And they're always going to have a different kind of stance on this and probably be a lot less afraid of the virus and more apt to want to power through. George Hill was asked on, I think, went the Tuesday night about the sort of uh, the revamp protocols and what he thought about them. And he basically said, uh, I'm a grown man. I'll see my family when I want to see my family and you can't do anything about it. And if it's that serious, we probably shouldn't be playing. It's kind of hard to, like, first, it's disappointing to hear that he just, like, doesn't care and doesn't seem to matter. But also, he makes a damn salient point in that maybe they shouldn't be playing if it's that serious. And Well, it is that you know, serious, I, I but, players, like, they've just been told. Yeah. Because all you hear is that it's yeah. not. Or you don't hear anything else about it. Yeah. We're all in that same position. Yeah. I also understand why players, you know, however wrong it may be, 
probably fear it less. They're in their 20s. They have access to healthcare. They're probably not going to get terribly sick, even though the, there is obviously that risk. You know, it, it's an unfortunate situation that I think is kind of, you know, if there was any illusion left that the NBA is anything but a business that's going to carry on and the people involved are about making their own nut and not about leadership, like, I think it's been very much proven now and there's no more it's the good league to be said it's just a league that happens to exist and you can either reckon with the immorality that they're exercising or you can't and I don't begrudge you if you are not covering the season or caring about the season or watching it like shout out to our friends over at Dunktown. Agatha and Anastasia, who just said, we're not covering the season anymore. We'll talk about other basketball stuff, but this season doesn't deserve to be covered. And you know what? It's kind of hard to, to disagree with that. And, and I don't begrudge anyone who has those kinds of feelings about what's going on because it fucking sucks, Katie. It's stupid. And I hate it. <laughs> Fair. Any last thoughts before we move on to something fun? Nah, not really. All right, let's move on to something fun. Coming up, segment we're trying out, Worms. It's coming up in just a second. How do you keep busy in between games and trainings then? Um, just doing a bit of, uh, oh, I've got a worm farm now. Oosh, at my house bought some worms the other day some compost worms um and also have a microscope so i could check out all the little bugs in the soil and whatnot just real nerdy stuff bro i'm going a bit mad nutch, nutch. <laughs> help me <Nutch. laughs> ah, thank you Stephen adams for inspiring today's segment we're trying out this week this segment's just called worms Nothing else. Just worms. Shouts to Steven Adams. Uh, Katie, you sent me this yesterday. Among the many things you were sending me as I was driving home, uh, the many texts about the trades and all that, this was the what let it off. And you said, this is our whole show tomorrow. Uh, it is at least a whole segment. <laughs> what, a, what a delight. Just an absolute treasure. I got some worms. <laughs> what was your... Uh, where did where did you find this? Where did it come across? Uh, why is it so wonderful? I just saw it on my feed, and I was like, "Why hasn't this like why isn't this eclipsing James mm -hmm. Harden at this point?" Mm -hmm. Honestly, um, because I mean, this is a, I have to be fair. Also, this is a part of a larger interview, uh, a show that also I might just start watching regularly called Kiwis Abroad. <laughs> <laughs> And the rest of the segment, like in context, this was the host asking Stephen Adams, like, because Stephen Adams was saying how, you know, with the new protocols, like his life is extremely linear. It's just basically like facility, uh, training facility to arena, back to home, at repeat. And, you know, he said some guys maybe are going out, but to me, it's not really worth the risk. So the host was like, well, what, you know, what are you doing to keep busy? <laughs> And apparently he got a compost worm farm. But the best part of this that I love so much is like that he also then got a microscope <laughs> so he could watch his worms and see what they're doing. Yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful stuff. I um, It's just I, I, I hope all NBA players are coming up with similarly wholesome 
ha- hobbies to get them through seems like a pretty good way to uh, avoid the outside world. Go and look at some worms in your in your microscope. I think it's pretty damn cool. Um, so, Katie, this is the segment we're trying out this week, which means we had to turn this whole thing into a segment. And, of course, we have done so because our brains work like that. Basically, how this is going to work, Katie, is uh, we're going to go through different species of worms out there in the world. There's so many beautiful kinds of worms there are. Uh, and we're going to d- determine which NBA player is most likely to have a farm housing them. Does that make sense? Are you ready to go? Yes. Okay. Uh, so we'll start with earthworms, which I think maybe are the same as compost worms, if I'm totally honest. I don't honest. know. I, uh, think there's like, no? I think there's like different... I, let me do a quick. I should have googled this um, before. I mean, earthworms <laughs> certainly are like salt of the earth worms, but mm-hmm. I think there are these yeah, like the powerful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think there are these like powerful red worms. They're like red, okay. maybe smaller. Yep. Yes. The best types of worms for composting are red wigglers and red worms. These two species make great worms for the compost bin because they prefer a compost environment to plain soil, and they're very easy to keep. So I was correct. Um, so I assume Stephen Adams got this special type of powerful red worm. So we're going to start with earthworms, which are just like your run-of-the-mill, as I said, salt of the earthworms. This is these are the worms yeah, the, that started. The rain, the yeah. rain has fallen, and they're littering your sidewalk. They're just out there hanging out. Uh, who do Help you think has out. an earthworm farm? Put them farm, back Katie? in the grass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think of the most like salt of the earth player. Honestly, mm-hmm. not even someone who's especially like stoic about it, but someone who is just like. Just a good That's dude. Just my job. Yeah, I do it every day. Uh, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think of Jared Allen, but I'm also just like, he's just top of mind for me now and every day. Yeah, yeah. So but I'll make that my answer. Okay, I- I'm going to go with DeMar DeRozan, uh, a wonderful salt of the earth mm-hmm. fellow. Uh, and, and, you know, also someone who I think would probably uh, really thrive in the rain, you know, kind of delights in it, happy to go stomp in a puddle. He's okay. He finds it contemplative okay, when it's raining. Okay, but earthworms kind of don't inside. like the rain. They come up no, because okay. they get flooded out of the ground and then they get eaten. That's true. Okay, fair enough. Then take, take that, take back that part. But the salt of the earth thing, I think, still applies. Demar Rosen's a lovely person, uh, really a, a caring, thoughtful fellow, uh, and I think that certainly lines up with with the the gentle earthworm, the noble earthworm. Even uh, I think that works quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, then go to the next type of worm on the list here: glowworms. A little more flashy, Katie. A little over the top. Featured in James and the yeah. Giant Peach. Yeah. Uh, what do you feel about... Uh, wait, is it, a, is it a glowworm in James and the Giant Peach? Or is it an earthworm? No idea. I, I'll, you, I'm going to Google that while you talk about glowworms. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, right away, I guess I just think of glow sticks. I think of raves. So I'm going to say James Harden because I'm picturing him in a pizza um, raving as he did one summer. But I think his colony would um, perish. Because I don't think you would actually pay them much sustained attention. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and yeah, the flashiness certainly applies. It's the prima donna of uh, of worms, that's to be sure. There mm-hmm. is a glow worm in James of the Giant Peach. It is uh, an elderly figure. There's like the actual worm, and then there's the glow worm uh, who like lights up the inside of the peach. So, uh, you know, I think it's someone who is wizened, but also has some flash to me. This is like a Vince Carter. This is like Atlanta Hawks Vince Carter, who is wise, is there to sort of illuminate the path for the rest of the team, but also can bust out a, a flashy move here and there, even in his forty year age forty two season. So I'm gonna go twenty nineteen twenty. Vince Carter is glowworm to me, and he's gonna he's, he's got himself some glowworms just kicking around home. Uh, he built he uses the apartment that he built for Deontay Davis to house his uh, his glowworm collection now. Uh, we got, uh, silkworms. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't even know what a silkworm is. Oh my God. Silk- oh, it's Get the, it's it. the, yeah, the it's the larval state of a silk moth. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, okay. um, this is easy to me because I just think of the player I know to wear the most silk on the regular and that's PJ Tucker. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if PJ Tucker didn't already have like, investments in a silkworm farm somewhere in the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um the scientific name of the sil of the silkworm is bombix mori which makes me feel uh, it invokes the morris brothers uh, the pluralization of the morris brothers but they are as far as players who exude silk certainly not those guys uh i mean i've seen them in silk <laughs> i guess i'm thinking more about the sort of as opposed to the people who wear silk a lot, just people who sort of give off a silky smooth, luxurious vibe, and I and I don't find that to right. be the Morris brothers. Even P.J. Tucker, really, you know, he's got some luxury to him, but he's also got some grime. Um, I'm thinking of someone who's kind of pampered. Honestly, like the Gasol brothers feel kind of silky to me. I feel like they could wear some silk trousers while they walk through the hills of Spain, perhaps. Um, and maybe they like share custody of a of a silk moth far, a silkworm farm where they um you know they go two weeks on two weeks off and that's actually the reason why Marcusall moved to LA is because the cross country shipping of the moths was, uh, of the worms was pretty difficult and so moving to LA having been mm-hmm. be in the same city was really good for the health of their silkworm farm and uh, yeah that that that's where I'm going with that um next Katie we have inchworms I love an inchworm very cool. Move stealthily, uh, look funny, cool. Uh, where you and they also uh, end up turning into geometer moths, which are pretty bitchin' moths. Uh, do you have a feeling on uh, on who would have an inchworm farm? Hmm. No. Who's yours? Uh, I'm going to say like Fred Van Vliet. These are a small. Okay. These are a small worm that have managed to make a real name for themselves. They're a famous worm. They, uh, you know, they move in a methodical, sort of repetitive fashion. Fred Van Vliet is a very methodical player on the court. Kind of know the beats of his movements, and he he's got himself into a pattern. Again, he's overcome the size difference, uh, and of course, inchworms become these glorious, enormous moths, which is really what Fred Van Vliet is now blossoming into as a fifth year player and uh, getting a, a lot more run as a, as a lead ball handler. So, uh, Fred Van Vliet, the inchworm, okay, farmer like of the one. NBA. Okay, yeah. I'm glad I I can convince you right yeah. away. Awesome, we're moving through this quickly. We got takes. Uh, all right, move on to a type of worm that my grade one or grade two class had uh, a, a little 
uh, we actually had a mealworm farm in our class. I've actually fed mealworms or fed stuff to mealworms and kept them alive over the course of a year. Uh, yeah, mealworms <laughs> is the thing. Uh, <laughs> I said I, I spoiled it before getting to the point. Uh, mealworms. Who's got a mealworm farm, Katie? Kind of like compost worms, similar idea. You throw some apples in there, you get rid of your cores, they put them into the soil. It's nice, it, it makes the fertilizer uh, a little less uh, freaky than the compost worms. They're kind of gross. I guess they're a little maggoty, but where, where are you going with mealworms? Probably Danny Green, um, just because he's got all those <laughs> reptiles. And that's what you feed to them. Yeah, some of yeah. Them. That's a good call. Uh, I Similarly, I'm going to go with Serge Ibaka, who uh, needs the mealworm farm to uh, harvest so he can feed them to DeMar DeRozan uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. on how hungry are you. I mean, where is he getting all those mealworms from? He's, these are it's farm to table, baby. It's, it's, it's Serge Ibaka's garage is the farm, and it's going right to the table. So, uh, yeah, Th- this is so easy. I did not think we were going to be able to jump on these things so quickly, Katie. We move on. Tapeworms. The worst kind of worm, probably, right? <laughs> Except for the Ennis Cantor worm, which I don't even want to uh, acknowledge because oh, yeah. fuck that. Uh, but tapeworms, they live inside your guts. They eat your food. Gross worm. Yeah, yeah gross worm, a parasitic worm. Mm-hmm. Don't even, I'm kind of scared <laughs> um, to Google a picture of a tapeworm right now, but I think I need it to, uh, to answer this question. Yeah. Who's, who's got a tapeworm farm? Um, I'm just thinking of people who have a lot of pets because these like can proliferate in animals okay um and i'm not also i'm not trying to say this has anything to do with negligence uh as a pet owner these things are just pesky and they can just like (laughs) work their way from one one pet to another so i know ben simmons has like three or four dogs so probably i'll say ben's like inadvertently ben simmons that's not bad um, I know there's like a, and this might just be a bit from the office. It might not actually be a thing that happens in real life, but uh, people will like intentionally like eat a tapeworm so that the tapeworm eats their food so they don't gain that's weight. That's disgusting. Um, yeah, it's fucking terrible. But I, I believe that's a, a thing that Kelly Kapoor does on the office in an episode. Um, she doesn't, it uh, doesn't go well. I, I think. You know, this might be for someone who's really trying to get into quick shape. You know, maybe the the off season was kind of long. This could be a James Harden worm, honestly. You know, he's that's how he instantly gets into shape because you know he's gonna jump on the court in the first game for the Nets and score fifty five points and look uh, svelte as hell. Maybe the tapeworm is his avenue to do that. He just throws one in there, has a Friday hanging with the tapeworm. It eats all the food. He slims down. Boom, he's ready to go. Um, it's gross, but it's the best I could come up with. I don't know who else has a lot of pets, frankly. I know Norm Powell has two dogs, but those dogs are cute, innocent, uh, very surely parasite-free. All the dogs um, are innocent. It's it's not, as I said, it's not a matter of <laughs> negligence or, like, personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just sometimes happens. Yeah, fair enough. They can live up to 30 years in a host. I hate Ooh. it. Let's move on. Uh, I'm closing this window. Yep, bye. Uh, (laughs) And the final one, uh, Dennis the Worm Rodman. Who has a Dennis the Worm Rodman farm, Katie? This sounds fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think this is just a standalone. (laughs) This is just Dennis Rodman. Yeah, yeah. He is his own farm. Yeah. (laughs) It feels like something he said in the last dance. I'm my own worm farm. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's brought us to the end of Worms, that's Katie. Worms. Uh, yeah, that 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 is Worms. We're gonna move on, Katie, to the poster of the week to wrap up the show, as we always do. And uh, speaking of Worms, I thought I could quit Ennis Cantor, but I just can't, Katie. I simply can't. Ennis Cantor is my poster of the week for being in an ad for, I, I guess, vegetarianism. Where he is dressed in on all lettuce dress, a complete spin on the Lady Gaga meat dress, probably a little less stinky. Uh, I mean, at least uh, when I mean, you first get the cabbage it. leaves. It could be pretty stinky. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe he's fermenting over time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ennis Cantor wearing a full lettuce dress to promote veganism or vegetarianism. I, I I think it's cool. I also think it shows growth. And look. I was really out on Ennis Cantor. The worm thing was messed up. He was on thin ice with the skillet cookie full of chocolate bars too. But it seems as though, realizing the error of his eating ways, he's kind of turned the corner and is like, okay, you know what? I'm a lettuce boy now. I'm back in Portland. It's a, it's a vegan-centric city. Corbin Smith lives there just fine and, and, and exists as a vegetarian. I'm going to take on the Corbin lifestyle. And I'm going to become a man of lettuce. And uh, he's done that. And I appreciate the growth that Ennis Cantor has shown. And because he has shown such growth, I'm willing to allow him back into my heart for the poster of the week. uh, After having eradicated all of his previous poster of the week titles after the worm thing. Um, But, you know, having an episode that features worms heavily kind of feels like a good place to end that beef and grudge. And move forward with Ennis Cantor back in my life. Are you judging me? Should I not be allowing him back in? No, man. Do what you want. Okay, cool. Glad, glad that uh, you're not you're not yucking my yum here. Um, so yeah, he's my poster of the week, Katie. Who do you have as your poster of the week? Of course, mine uh, is again Kyrie Irving. Um, <laughs> Kyrie sat in on like a campaign Zoom call with Cynthia Nixon. Um, something for district, like the district attorney's office. Is that what it was? Something like that. Um, oh no, it was for a different candidate for district attorney, my bad. But Cynthia Nixon was there to support. She, if you don't know, was in a little show called Sex on the City. Uh, she's a Miranda. When someone refers to themselves as being such a Miranda, that's what they mean. Um, and Kyrie was just like weirdly on this call. Um, his name was Kai Irving. He looked, he was in a really cute pose. <laughs> And it's just been really fun for me to riff off of for the rest of the week um, since I saw that pick. So that's it. That's my, that's why. That's my pick. Thanks, Kyrie. He really keeps giving, honestly. He gave a lot to our show today. <laughs> he really did. Uh, it's, it's much appreciated. Katie, my question to you is, are you a Carrie, a Samantha, Charlotte, or a Miranda? I don't know. I mean, everyone wants to think they're, a carry, I think, at one point in their lives, but then as you get older, you're like, eh, it's not so bad to be a Miranda. Like, you kind of get your shit together. You're a lawyer. You have some money. You know, you're not like letting yourself be like run amok by dumb dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha is mm-hmm. also probably same thing, you know? Yeah. I'd say probably like aspirationally, like Samantha. More I'm proudly like Miranda with like still tinges of Carrie here or there. 
Right on. I don't have an answer. I've never seen the show. I just know that's like a quiz you can take on BuzzFeed. So I figured I'd give you the BuzzFeed quiz quiz right on the I don't podcast. Know. You might be a Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> what? Okay. What is a Charlotte? Tell me about this, please. I mean, she marries rich, um, but she okay. marries for love too. She secretly wants to marry for love, but she also wants to be wealthy. Um, no, I don't know. She's very okay. like uh, proper. She's very. Um, you know, she's not as like messy as some of the other mm-hmm. women on the show. <laughs> um, she can be like people I think think she's uptight, but she's not uptight. She's secretly she's not uptight, really. Um, but I think she likes her comforts, you know, like you're you're I feel like you're a habitual person. Um, I think I disagree with that. I don't like having habits more often than not. It's kind of developed into that over the course of COVID. But before that, my life was uh, a daily, d- d- differentiated quite quite a lot daily just because of work and stuff. That's such a um, Charlotte thing I'm glad to that say. you think I'm. <laughs> I mean, she has a she has a career in the arts. She's a gallerist. Mm-hmm. She's busy. Okay, having habits doesn't mean mm-hmm. you don't like abscond from those habits it just means you have like a set you have like anchor points you're rooted well i'm just glad to know that that i that i marry rich but i also marry for love and that i'm secretly not that proper Mm -hmm. it's it's (laughs) it's i guess it's a thing i can put on my cv secretly not that proper the sean woodley story um Katie, we've reached the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for uh, indulging me in this BuzzFeed quiz and so much more this week. It was lovely catching up after a month, even though it was just a week. Just a week. Uh, anything you want to plug? <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote about Stephen Adams' Worms yesterday on Dime. Uh, and also today I have another um, issue of my column, Not Bad Advice, just came out. So again, I will plug if you would like to, and please I would encourage you to, ask me a question. Do you need basketball advice? Do you need some mixture of life and basketball advice? Because that's what the columns kind of turned into. You can ask me. You can email me at annlandryfields at gmail.com. That's Ann, A-N-N. No E. Landry Fields, like the basketball legend. Wonderful. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. You can listen to uh, Locked On Raptors. I had Raptors 905er, an all-around good dude, Dwayne Notice, on my podcast today talking about the Harden trade. Uh, it's been a busy week over at the podcast, so please go subscribe to Rate Review over on your favorite podcast providers. And, of course, please go to patreon.com slash basketball. Two H's, four bucks gets you in. we got a mailbag episode coming very soon. We're super excited about it. So get on it, would you? Um, we've also, uh, of course, got to thank our lovely crew at Space Monkey Media. Sean, Clay, Nick, Michelle, of course, Jess, our super wonderful uh, social coordinator. And of course, Dylan, the producer, who makes us sound so lovely every single week. We love you all, and we appreciate you allowing us to do this podcast, which is uh, a wild decision on your part, but we appreciate it nonetheless. Go listen to our other Stringer podcasts, including Sportsfeld and Columbia House Party as well. And that'll do it. We will talk to you again next week with another episode of uh, Basketball. <laughs>